0: All right. Welcome to this episode of Hill Law Firm Cases. On Monday, June 15th, 2020, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court came out with an opinion, Bostock versus Clayton County. Um, monumental decision. I'm here with Lawrence Morales, who's one of the best, and in my opinion, the best um, employment lawyer in town for plaintiffs, or probably a business too, but they're you know not n- normally the people I represent. But for people that have been wronged on the job, Uh, and need some answers Lawrence is the guy to go to he's the guy I personally go to and I asked him to be on the show today to talk about the Bostock versus Clayton County uh, opinion Uh, him and I are going to do some cases and represent some people um, who are going to fall under these new protections so Lawrence what happened
1: Yeah. So on Monday, there was a landmark decision that basically extends protection under one of our discrimination laws to about one and a half million more Texans than previously existed. So let me kind of back up and tell you a little bit about kind of the origins of this law. So the law is the Title VII uh, Civil Rights Act of 1964. So that is the law that basically bars discrimination and has barred discrimination against race, national origin, sex, color for the last, you know, 40 years. And a big question has been whether people who um, are transgender, uh, sexual orientation, and gender identity are protected classes under that law. So by way of background, we'll get a lot of calls sometimes and people will say, I got fired because I'm a homosexual and can I bring a claim? And unfortunately, until Monday, the answer to that question was, it depends on where you live. There was 29 states in the (laughs) United States that basically did not have any state law protection for gender identity or sexual orientation, and Texas was one of them. So we had to say, sorry, uh, you know, go to the EEOC, file a charge of discrimination. This is an issue that's going up to the Supreme Court, and hopefully it'll be decided in your favor. Uh, thankfully, on Monday, that day finally came, and now uh, it is safe to say that sexual orientation and gender identity are protected classes under Title
0: VII. I, I love the fact that you pointed out 1.5 million Texans are going to fall under this new law uh, or this new uh, decision, right? Um, which means 1.5 million Texans have additional protections on the job by a law that was passed by a Texan, LBJ.
1: That's right. I it mean, was signed into law by LBJ. That's exactly right. I mean, the, the the good way to describe it was, you know, after the 2015 same sex opinion, you could get married on Monday morning to somebody of your same sex, but then you can get fired that afternoon geez. because you got married to somebody in your same sex. And on Monday that changed. So do you want me to tell you the story about how, ironically, we have a segregationist to think for the law that came or the decision that came out on Monday. Yes. Okay. So uh, the, the, the story is about a guy named Howard Smith. I
0: don't get a lot of questions, so I appreciated well, that I'm, question. I'm trying to help,
1: you know. So Howard was a United States congressman from Virginia uh, for about 30 years between the 1930s and the 1960s. And among other things, he was an unapologetic segregationist. He opposed racial integration. So at the time, uh, in the early 1960s, there was a lot of movement with um, um, black rights. Uh, Martin Luther King was kind of making great strides in trying to uh, push uh, for an equal rights amendment. And uh, Title VII was this law that was on the table that would have protected race, national origin, and color and uh howard smith was essentially the rules committee chair for the house of representatives at this time he had basically vowed to delay the passage of this law and to delay the vote on this law because they didn't want to get passed because of the protections concerning race discrimination Um, because the opponents to that view wanted to use some obscure law in the house of representative representatives he was forced to bring it to a vote But two days before the vote was uh, basically taken, he decided to add sex into the law. So now it would read race, color, national origin, and sex. Now, keep in mind that at this time, I think that there were 12 women serving in the House of Representatives out of 435. There were only two people serving in the Senate. So although there's a debate about this, a lot of people believe that the reason why Congressman Smith Uh, put that into the law was to be a poison pill because he thought that it would be so repulsive because at the time, actually, gender equality was more radical and more fanciful than race. That uh, was uh, before
0: the push for the ERA amendment, which um, Phyllis Schlafly murdered, right? Right
1: right around that time, right? So if that was Congressman Smith's intention, it backfired because it passed the House, House of Representatives, I think 168 to 133. It passed the Senate and our Texas uh, president LBJ signed it into law in July of 1960. Some poetic
0: justice. It
1: is some poetic justice.
0: So what does it mean What does it mean practically, or or do we even know what it means practically in terms of who in the LGBT community is going to be part of the protected group? I mean, does somebody who is transgender, do they fall under it? Do you have to be homosexual to fall under Which members of this new group actually got protections and which are still kind of up in the air?
1: Yeah, so uh, Judge Justice Gorsuch basically says that sexual orientation in all forms and gender identity in all forms are going to be protected under the term sex. Okay. Um, There's a great, I guess, I will say, it's it's a 20-page opinion, and um, I will say it's worth a read. That's pretty short. Uh, yeah, I mean, I will For say Supreme Court, there's 40 pages of dissent from Justice Kavanaugh and Justice Alito. Uh, you can skip that portion, but the the main portion of it basically says that if you take a homosexual person, right, um, a man who likes a man, if you have a problem with that, um, is a problem because if a woman likes a man, you wouldn't have a problem with that, and the only difference there is the fact that one person is a man and one person is a woman. And that is based on sex. And as a result of that, that violates Title VII. Hmm. As regard to gender identity, if now you um, basically identify being, being with a man and that departs from how the, the, the gender that you were um, I guess born classified with. born with, um, if that's offensive to you, it wouldn't be offensive to you if it was consistent with the gender that you were born with. And as a, as a result, that is based on sex. Um, So as a result, any form of sexual orientation, any form of gender identity is now protected as sex under Title VII.
0: What what does this mean practically for people, you know, say they were fired two years ago and their employer said, you're gay, I'm firing you because you're gay, good luck suing me. Do they have any recourse?
1: Yeah, unfortunately the answer is, in the two-year example, probably not. So the way the law works, and importantly – there was, And I'm actually going to read, if you don't mind. There's a, a very nice way that Justice Gorsuch says this. And he says, um, We can't deny today's holding that employers are prohibited from firing employees on the basis of homosexuality or transgender status is an elephant. This elephant has never been hidden in a mouse hole. It has been standing before us all along. So what he's basically saying is that the term sex in the Civil Rights Act of 1964 is, is broad enough now and it has broad, been broad enough since the beginning to include transgender and sexual orientation. The problem is that under the EEOC laws, you have 300 days from the date of discrimination in Texas to bring a charge of discrimination. So if you have been discriminated against based on your sexual orientation or your gender identity within the last 300 days, call a lawyer, file a charge of discrimination, because that 300 days is an unforgiving deadline.
0: What if somebody did that, whatever, two, five, ten years ago, they went through the EEOC process, the EEOC said, hey, we don't cover you know your gender status or the fact that you're homosexual. Do they have any recourse or did the fact that the EEOC got it wrong so long ago foreclose their options?
1: That's a good question. And, Frank, unfortunately, I don't know. I will say we have been recommending for a long time for people to file a charge of the discrimination, even though it was uncertain whether they were protected under the law. So all of those people that have, have charges in the queue, those people are fine. Whether people from years ago who didn't bring a claim because, you know, wasn't recognized at that time, whether they have some cause of action? Um, I just don't know the answer. I, I hope they do, uh, but my gut tells me that they may not.
0: Clarity from the courts is probably coming at some point.
1: Oh yeah, there's going to be a lot of questions, right? And and there's a lot of issues that are raised from opponents of this particular ruling about the effects of it, what effect it's going to have on bathrooms, whether employers are required to provide gender-neutral bathrooms or locker rooms or that kind of thing. And Justice Gorchis just says, okay, those are issues that we're going to have to decide as they come up. But right now, unequivocally, it's a violation to fire somebody merely because they're gay or transgender.
0: Okay, so for any listeners who are out there and they say, look, 100 days ago, I had an adverse employment decision that was made against me, and I'm pretty sure it was because I identify different um, than my boss thinks is is appropriate what are their avenues what should they expect in terms of process
1: yep so in order for you to bring a lawsuit based on gender discrimination or sex discrimination you first have to file a charge of discrimination with the equal employment opportunity commission so they can call a lawyer somebody like me or you to help file that type of charge or frankly they could just go to the eeoc's website and file a charge Um, there are ways to expedite the charging process and sometimes lawyers can help with that But I would say if you think you're close to that deadline, call somebody fast because uh, once that 300 days passes, um, then you basically lose that protection. I will say, not to be technical, if there's anybody listening outside of Texas, there is a possibility that you can only get 180 days. It just depends on whether your state law has um, a different type of law protecting um, sex discrimination.
0: And that's a good point. This is not legal advice for anybody who's listening. This is generally the law as we know it. So in Texas... They call us, they call you, and they say, I need to file a charge of discrimination. Why do they need a lawyer? What is the process? Why can't they go in front of a judge and jury? What should they expect?
1: Yep, so we file a charge of discrimination. The EEOC basically has six months to investigate whether there is, in fact, discrimination. Frankly, the EEOC is inundated with all types of claims, and it's hard for them to process those investigations within six months. So very frequently after the six months, we'll actually request what we call a right to sue letter. And that's the document that we need to actually file a lawsuit in court. If the EEOC does complete their investigation and conclude that there is discrimination, oftentimes they'll work with the lawyers to try to help resolve the case so that um, so that it can be completed at that administrative stage. But I will say in 99% of the cases, we get that right to uh, sue letter and then we have to file a lawsuit within 90 days.
0: Okay. So somebody who gets their right to sue letter You're their lawyer. They've got the best team on the planet to handle this case, and they know they were fired for reasons that they're not allowed to be fired for. What can they expect in terms of damages? Um, What is available to them?
1: Right. So you're going to have lost wage damages, basically, if you were terminated. What would you have earned had you not been terminated that is going to be mitigated or essentially reduced by any amount of money that you earned or should have earned after the termination. But you're also entitled to emotional distress, uh, mental anguish damages, punitive damages that uh, can be capped depending on the size of your employer. But it could be, it could be up to $300,000 depending on the size of your employer for mental anguish. And in addition, you get attorney's fees if you're successful in the case.
0: All right. Um Have you had any of these cases come in just yet since the opinion came out?
1: Not since the opinion came out. um, But we expect with 1.5 million more protected folks that uh, hopefully we get some of those calls.
0: Is there anything else about this opinion or this basically not new area of the law, but broadened area of the law that you think our listeners should know?
1: You know, I I think that other than that the opinion is inspiring in a sense. It really kind of, Justice Gorsuch went, I think, out of his way to explain how fundamental and basic this ruling is. So if you're somebody in the LGBT community, read it. I think it'll make you feel good because it very um, persuasively summarizes uh, the legal arguments as to why you're entitled to protection.
0: From a judge, for people that don't pay attention to this, whoever is listening to this, from a judge who everyone that is an ally or advocate of the LGBTQ community thought was going to be bad for them he's the one that wrote this opinion and i'm not going to sit here and say he's a big ally of of anybody that you know needs help from the court system but in this instance that's a big reason that this uh, opinion so important is that he wrote it
1: He's Trump's first appointee to the Supreme Court, which was a touchy subject because we know that Merrick Garland was nominated by President Obama, never got a hearing in front of the United States Senate. Um, And I'll say that, you know, he does it based on his interpretation of the words in the statute, but it is a a matter of fact uh, summary of how simple this is and that you are being treated differently simply because of sex and it needs to stop.
0: All right, so for our listeners, Lawrence and I are working some – we plan on working these cases together. Anybody who's been discriminated against or fired due to gender identity or sexual orientation uh, can call my law firm at uh, 210-960-3939 or jahlawfirm.com. Or they can reach out to Lawrence's firm. What's the contact info?
1: 210-225-0811 or www.themoralesfirm.com.
0: And we might not have the answer you want, but we'll be able to walk you through your options. And, you know, it's, it's very rare that there is a new civil rights forefront in America anymore. And this seems to be a new avenue where people that have kind of been treated poorly for things that are outside their control um, are finally getting rights that have, have not been available to them for a long time. Yeah. And let me
1: say one thing is that in addition to losing your job because of sexual orientation or um, or gender identity, if you've been subjected to a hostile work environment because sure. of those things, that's now covered too. And what does that mean? So, yeah, for example, sexual harassment, like for a long time, you know, women and, and men sometimes as well, for example, may be subjected to a hostile work environment, whether it's sexual advances or crude jokes or all types of pejorative statements and comments made to being a woman. Well, now, if you've been harassed or ridiculed because of your gender identity or your sexual orientation, then there is a hostile work environment claim under Title VII for you because that is based on sex.
0: Okay, and I think that's an important point because I bet there's a lot more of that happening out there than people losing their jobs because their boss says they don't like who you love. I think that's fair,
1: right? Mm -hmm. Even jokes, you know, every day where people are making fun of you, kind of making comments who knows? Yeah, that that would be covered if it if it crosses the line, and then we can obviously talk about that at some other
0: time. Okay, as this fleshes out, Lawrence, you're going to come back on. We're going to talk about what we're working on. We're going to get some of these cases. We're going to work on some of these cases together, and we'll sort of update listeners and update your firm, my firm, our clients on what we're working on and sort of how this works out. Because there's still a lot of unknowns. I think is fair to say. No doubt. All right. So we'll have you back on. Um, we'll, We'll catch up on where this law is going now that this is kind of a new area or a broadened area of the law. And so thank you for being on and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Thank you.